welcome to the Conscious Coaches on the Mission, the podcast where we take super inspiring and profitable mindset, energetics, and online business strategy and get it into the hands of the most heart-centered people like you, creating mission-driven, soul-aligned businesses. I'm your host, Eugenia Oganova. I am a Clairvoyant seven-figure business strategist, personal transformation expert, and a messaging energetics coach with over 20 years of experience. I'm the owner and CEO of TranscensionGate.com and the creator of the Conscious Future Method. I'm also a best-selling author of three books, and I've been featured in over 100 publications, specializing in helping spiritual coaches and healers sustainably scale into multiple six and seven figures without forcing themselves to work harder by weaving masculine business strategy to feminine quantum energetics and customizing with their unique soul design and mission. Twice per week, in my 20-minute conversations, I'll be celebrating one lucky conscious entrepreneur on a unique mission, their expertise, business growth, leadership, and contribution to human awakening. Stick around to the end of the show. In 20 minutes, I'll reveal how you can be my next guest. Let's do it. Our today's guest is Priyanka Kandalkar. She is an awesome person. She's an engineer that turned entrepreneur. She's a founder of Scaling to Grow. Um, you can find her at scaleupwithpriyanka.com. That's her website. Um, she helps businesses build teams and create effortless scaling so they can scale successfully. She's also a fellow podcaster. She's an author. So there's so many things about her that are going to be super interesting to talk about. So welcome, Priyanka. Thank you for having me, Eugenia. This is amazing. I, I love the people you serve and I love your heart. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. So let's start by explaining what is it that you actually do so you can kind of start by talking about from, you know, maybe a little bit of your story, whatever you think would be interesting for us to understand as to why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, it's so, so beautiful, Eugenia. Like, and we were just talking about just before starting, like how, how multi-passionate we are. We want to do so much and we want to give so much of us and it comes from like serving and having that servant leadership and like really uh, being out there. So I do come from being an engineer in corporate. I came to US in 2008 to do my master's uh, in uh, industrial engineering. And after that, I worked with Fortune 500 companies like Volkswagen, John Deere, like all these amazing companies out there uh, in engineering. And then uh, it was in 2014 when I, I when I got fired. And uh, that was my moment. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't put all my eggs in one basket. And uh, it because I was always the, like what you call a player, like a performer, mm -hmm. like super ambitious, like get things done. And um, and I just could not uh, take that rejection so well. And I was like, OK, so I, I went through my own phase of like finding myself, finding my grounding. I started with different side hustles. So first I did was since. Um, I was, um, I think one of my jam is problem solving. So one of the things I did with my husband, uh, was we started, a, a app. It was a student engagement app for student retention in engineering university. 
and I was meeting with the deans of the university. I was in my early 20s and meeting with the deans, coming up with a solution, a software, uh, adding some gamification to make studying fun for uh, new students. And that was one thing we did. After that, I went into uh, for five, six years, we did like Amazon, like physical product business. And we did that for five, six years. And then I was like, okay, now what is next for me? And I started my podcast <laughs> and within one week, it was top 60 in uh, iTunes. And now it is top one person globally. So there are 2 million podcasts, Eugenia, I'm sure you know. And then out of that, it's like top one person. I have like audience all over the world. And I, I, I for me, podcast was finding my own voice. I do come from a very humble beginning where like women are not like we just keep our emotions to ourselves uh, we come from a society where you are just pleasing everyone so uh coming out of that and I'm a mama five-year-old <laughs> started my podcast and like uh, I think uh, my first right now I'm I think on my 117 or 18th podcast episode and I like now it's like effortless but the first episode I'm sure Eugenia you remember like I was like shivering and like but and I won like top influencer award in India woman influencer award last year I wrote a book called wings of a woman and where I share how I healed my relationship with my mother-in-law using the leadership principles which I actually help executives to work around and it's all around intentional energetic presence leadership uh so very grounding work and like bringing because i come from a masculine background of engineering analytical problem solving uh i think uh, my leadership style is bringing that feminine energy and being more intentional and presence and there are a lot of these pieces but now recently the thing which i do now after going through all of these phases is uh i have worked with like six seven impact driven heart centered uh, CEOs with their um, like being their chief operating officer and helping them to scale. Uh, one of my recent clients, I helped her like achieve a million dollar in a nine months period. Uh, just she being a solopreneur and then building a team of eight for her and like just helping her to scale with and like able to make her like live her purpose and like really impact all the mothers around because she helps uh, pregnant moms uh, having pain-free birth. So I think um, it's just one of those stories and that makes me fulfilled. That makes me happy uh, because I think at the end uh, I want to serve and I want to bring more happiness to others because it's always a ripple effect. <laughs> Right. And this is so interesting to hear always people's stories like you had done so many different things as your path through life to arrive to now working with leaders. It's almost like everything you described was a building of your own leadership strengths from the masculine kind of play pretend being a man when you're not into, yeah. oh, that's not fitting me. And what is the feminine? So can you speak to that inner masculine feminine balance that you're now um, integrating into your work yeah and I feel like uh, Eugenia because I know like uh, we were just starting out and you were like you when you saw my picture you're like Brinka you're so happy and I think I always got that when I even when I was in corporate people never saw Monday blues on my face I was always excited I was always jumping bubbling Monday morning uh, to go to work to serve my clients and um I, I always felt that um, being empathetic leader is so important, even when it is very aggressive world. Uh, I used to work in corporate where I will get a complaint. And if I don't solve it in uh, next two hours, we will get a million dollar loss from our clients, like a 
like they will send us an invoice of million dollar loss uh, because the car manufacturing will stop if we don't fix it. So I have been always like, I'm so good in pressure to work, very good in pressure, but I had had, I had my own, uh, own suffering. Like when you are working in under pressure, you don't take care of yourself. I feel like self-care is a leadership skill and we need to take care of ourselves or else we go into this leadership depression. And what I saw coming from corporate, working with leaders, when they're in this hustle mode, when they want to do so much, even I'm like that, I'm super ambitious, giving, 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 like working, but also like trying to do my, uh, like caring for my family, uh, pleasing others. Like I will, I will not take care of myself and I will just go like burn out and overwhelm. And that's what happens with my clients too, because they want to like serve, 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 but they don't take care of themselves. So they are like going from this, half empty like empty glass of <laughs> like everything mm-hmm. is empty and you need to make your fill your glass up and I think from my own suffering from my own hardship from running all this past businesses where I got burned out uh, even when I was pregnant like eight months pregnant I was working at work until midnight still working because I'm a super workaholic but what I realized is it's no fun like I started my entrepreneurship journey to have freedom <laughs> Mm-hmm. If I don't have that, like how I'm defining the freedom by being tied to my business, uh, that's not a freedom I call for. I, like there's a freedom when you start your business, you want the freedom of time. You want the freedom of creativity, like what you are here to do, your mm-hmm. gifts. But then when we go into this day-to-day grind of our own business, like even in my own business, like I help people with operations, but I have a team so that I can stay as a visionary in my own business. I can be both visionary and operations, but um, but even I have a team so that I can take care of myself, as I said. Of course. And like the, I talk about this inner game of leadership and outer game of leadership. Outer game is all the actions you take, which is more masculine energy. But going back to your question about feminine and masculine. So for me, my outer game is like all the actions I have to take, all the strategies and everything. But then I have to focus on my feminine energy, which is the inner game of, leadership which just come back to your intention your presence and what kind of energy you're bringing so and i think the combination of the internal process like your type a personality you're a go-getter you go and you make things happen and you're naturally like that is the electrical masculine energy but you're also in a female body so you're figuring out the other side and um that burnout is a thing i see so often in women i mean i'm myself the same way like you are so um <clears throat> i went through a couple of my own burnouts so i totally understand that and i think a lot of listeners here would get that edge where we are so passionate about what we want to do and of course when we show up to the world we show up in our higher selves so we positive and we bring all this passion forward and it's very easy to forget that we are actually part of the formula (laughs) so that we have to be nurtured and supported as well through the process. Like what I do with the soul design profit potential is exactly that, that we were talking about a little bit earlier, but it's balancing, finding that inner way where there is a flow. So you have your Mm -hmm. own way when you're helping businesses bring in flow so they feel support, right? So this is a very natural kind of segue here for us to go into scaling the business with support. So what you're doing is 
somehow supporting them through the process, right? To be able to have that space for themselves. So even though they get to impact the world, they get to do so with um, balance in their lives. So can you speak more as to how you um, how you help them with that? Yeah, and Eugenia, like, thank you for mentioning that because I think uh, how you help and then how I come in, like, I think my work starts where your work is like, I think you said 100K and like you're getting people with their foundation, Mm -hmm. getting that, like get them started. And I feel like um, as a business owner myself, like when I I ran my own business and like now I run my own uh, uh, DIY kind of agency kind of thing, like more of like being the chief operating officer for the clients, but bringing my team in to do the installation or implementation of the operations pieces. But what I have seen is like, um, it's easier to get to six figure or even multiple six figure by just hustling without any system or structure. But then there comes a point like you're going out there, you're going to podcast, you're putting organic content out there, you're doing ads and all these different things to grow your business. But there there comes a point like you're increasing the number of clients and then your team feel bombarded or maybe you are solopreneur. You're like, okay, I can't really serve these people with the highest quality. Like if you increase the quantity of clients, your quality is going to get impacted or your delivery of whatever transformation you promise to your client will get impacted. And that's where the uh, capacity issues come. And that's where you start thinking about scaling. And so scaling is, if you, if you, if you want to ask me the definition of scaling, it's about, can you deal with the increase in the leads? Can you deal with the increase in the leads, increase in the income? Like, do you have a support or a backend or a well-oiled machine? We call it like, this is a term very youth, very used in our um, uh, small businesses culture that do you have a support system? Do you have a proper integration or workflow or systems or backend? Do you have a good client journey, client onboarding journey so that you are getting that uh, transformation without hustling? Because what happens, Eugenia, we as a CEO, visionary, we will go out there, we will do our marketing, we get this amazing eyeballs and people are joining our program. And then your team comes to you, they need more support because they don't have clear direction. Okay, we have new clients coming in. I'm at max capacity. The team is at max capacity. Okay, what should we do now? And as a CEO, you are into day-to-day operations. And then when you are doing that, what happens is because you are not doing any more visibility, you're supporting your current clients, you're part of the day-to-day operations, your visibility gets suffered, and then you don't have this cash flow, more cash flow coming in. And it's like a cycle. And then you go back doing the marketing, more clients come in, your team feel uh, over, like they're like maxed out and they need your support. So you are again back as a CEO in the day-to-day operation. So it becomes like a hustle mode. Hustle mode is good as you are getting to the six-figure, seven-figure. But then if you want to go to multiple six-figure, multiple seven-figure, a lot of my clients, they come to me, they're at 250K and they're stuck. They just can't grow because they are in this cycle of doing a visibility work, then they're part of the day-to-day operations they don't like they they feel like they can't even take a a seven days off even a one day off Mm -hmm. because they have they're tied to their business and the freedom because of which they even started their business they're not able to do it they don't have the time freedom to like really enjoy those moments with their grandbabies or with their babies (laughs) or like uh, taking care of their aging parents or something something happens and they have to be like they just can't do it or because their business is dependent on them So we want to go from being CEO dependent to a team dependent 
business. And that's where, when that shift happened, that's where scaling happens. Yeah. And I think a lot of times there's also an internal issue in someone at that level. Like I also yes. seen that same thing <laughs> happening over and over when we get to six figures by just pushing and hustling and, you know, learning tons of things and trying tons of things. And then Sometimes you can get to 200,000 this way too. But then at some point, there's a burnout line. So this is where usually people recognize, okay, I need systems. I need some sort mm -hmm. of a process that I'm able to outsource to something or somebody in order to maintain what I'm doing. And this is the edge where I find a lot of times people have a difficulty even coming up with a process or system because of the belief that, well, only I can do it. Or what I do is just kind of just happens like I don't know how I do it. <laughs> yeah. So how yeah. do you handle that part? Yeah. And I, I feel like as a CEO, like when we start as a solopreneur, because we are wearing all the different hats we think like we know operations we can do it by ourselves like that's what we start with as a ceo and uh, even i am an operations person eugenia but i do need my own uh, obm sometimes to come in and look at things in their own ways to put together operations i help operations with other clients but then you always want this uh, a third party eyeball because we don't as a ceo we will not see certain things because we are in the weeds of the business. So that's why you need a third eye who will come in and look at your business and look at the gaps in your business, right? Mm -hmm. What are the gaps because of which you are like stuck at that 250K? What are the things in your mindset? Because I think you can't be going to multiple six figure or seven figure with the same mindset with which you reached your six figure, exactly. right? Exactly. So you need to let go and like a lot of the lot of the times the myths around like uh, myths or what you will say like the CEOs the struggle point for them to like is letting go letting go of the things that they're really good at and like really finding those what are the things which is repeatable in their business and then finding like creating SOPs because if you go out to buy a franchise Eugenia what is the one thing you get when you buy a franchise their system their SOP their standard operating procedure if that is not there you can't run um franchise yeah, because then you have to learn the business from scratch <laughs> yeah because then that's yeah. how the franchise work because when you go and buy a franchise you get the system structure their standard operating procedure so that you get the similar kind of profit you get the similar kind of predictable sustainable business so same way we have to run our own business because as a ceo when we start our business it's more a passion project but when it becomes a true business, when you have assets in your business, like even if you don't want to sell the business in future, it's a lifestyle business, still like creating this strong backend, which has a system and structure and letting go of those pieces, which is hard for you. And that is a mindset process, like a lot of mindset upgrades in sales, marketing, operations. All the different pieces I normally talk about with my clients. And <laughs> yeah, and I think that a lot of times the focal point shifts, like part of the way that I help my clients too, is probably similar to what you do in a sense that the focal point shifts from what can I do that should be done into what's the vision, where are we going, yeah. and then everything else somebody else can support you with. Would you agree? Right. Yeah, yeah. And I we always talk about like a head support and a hand support, like a head support is like a strategic partner. So when I go into businesses, I'm only, mostly like a right-hand person to my CEO because sometimes 
the CEO or even as like I myself, like we feel alone in our business. We feel like, whom should I talk to? Whom I can like uh, talk about everything, all the emotions going on. Like I, I go as a strategic partner for operations, but I'm also their mindset coach in some way <laughs> to mm-hmm. help them like really go to their next level in mindset around sales, marketing, and even like hiring and team firing and like all these different things which comes in day to day. And um what you said is so important there. When we were talking before the recording about the smarter working versus harder working, and we know mm-hmm. that that's like your thing there. So um, you mentioned here about creating more space so that the um, owner of the business, whatever job she does in the business, actually, she gets to enjoy her life in addition to it. So that probably means working less hours, right? Because she has support. So can you speak to that? Yeah. So going like, I will just give an example. So when I start with a client, I do an audit of their business. I look at their marketing. I look at their sales. I look at their teams, like uh, look at like every team member's roles and responsibility, their personalities test, because sometimes we have to, we tend to give everything to our team member, right? But we need to really understand what is their zone of genius as a team member who will like really like their expertise. So um, I would say like the smart thing, smart things and the hard work, what it comes back to like really finding, doing the audit and finding the gaps and then doing like a strategic planning. And what I find is like just tweaking here and there. For example, uh, one of my clients, she was doing launches every now and then, but she did not have a structure. She did not have like a project management tool. The whole team was confused. What is the next action they have to do? do what kind of resources they have to like go back to and refer back to. Like if they're sending emails out, they could go back and look at the emails, which did really well, looking at some of the numbers, some metrics, which had good open rate, click through rate and reusing that email and changing some language, making the messaging very clear, small tweaks, and then sending it out like two, three, uh, two, three emails, and then also like our organic post. Like, and you do this work only one time. It's a lot of work one time, but then you are creating this repeatable post, uh, repeatable process. So every two time you do launches, use the same templates of emails. You use the same templates of organic posts. You, you, so this is all the systems and structure you're creating. You use a whole. Uh, uh, you set up a whole communication channel in the Slack where you're talking about this launch. Uh, you uh, create a project management tool where you every person know what they need to complete by when. And that's where I go in I, and I I help my client. Like I joined her and within one month, we made like 250K in one week by this structure. And it's a repeatable system. So mm-hmm. I would say like, um, it's not that you have to do a lot of hard work. It's probably first time you do a lot of hard work, but then you become smart about it when you're launching the same thing again and again. You don't recreate it from ground zero every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something that I think a lot of times people kind of get stuck on is that every time it's this new inspiration, new everything, and then they do everything from scratch. And I do kind of more the way you're talking about, like I have set systems that then get reused and just modified. So I don't have to invent the wheel every time. But that is, uh, as a concept, I think a pretty new idea for a lot of people because they think that, well, every launch is a new idea, a new something. Mm-hmm. So everything <laughs> is done from the beginning to the end again, which is so hard because when you're launching, you want to be there for your audience. You want to be there engaging. You want to be actually like living the launch, not 
you know, getting stuck in is this email link working and <laughs> all yeah, these totally. things that can wake one up in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's always good to go back to the analogy of like, let's say a McDonald's or a Chipotle, right? Chipotle comes up with this new flavors for summer, right? Some summer salads, they come for winter, some bowls and but they have, and every time, every product, which is like, even if you go and eat the same dish tomorrow, it will be same. It will taste same, right? Because they have a standard operating procedure, how to, what quantity, how much things to put in this salad so that it, it will give you same quantity, right? Same thing. And it, the outside, the outcome is the same. So I think, uh, like going back to all these successful businesses, the way they are running the successful launches, even when they have new ideas, is because they are looking back into what really worked, simplifying the things and redoing it again. Mm -hmm. So I think um, it's very important because I think as a visionary, we want to like just stay in our creative space and create, create, create. And uh, we meet so many people like you and me are meeting Eugenia here and we might talk about some ideas and you might be like, oh, this is so good. Let's go and like start executing it. But as a right hand to my CEOs, one of the things I do is like when they come up with this new ideas, I have actually a grading system to like make sure is that idea good to like really even like is it aligning with our vision where we are going? like our goals, right? If it is not aligning with what the goals we have set for ourselves, maybe it has to go into a place like for future products to rediscuss again in future, maybe after six months. But if it is aligning, we will find a way to accommodate it right now or we will put it in the future project, future quarters to complete it. But I think we also need to have like a, a method how to take every idea and grade it? Is it aligning with the business? Is it aligning? Is it going to, is it aligning with your mission, right? It might be totally different than what your mission is. So I think uh, it's very important because we are multi-passionate entrepreneurs. And yeah, staying on track with the vision. <laughs> Sometimes that's a hard idea if there's so many ideas swimming about because they all might feel good, but you are very much correct in the, um, you kind of have to, follow more what the business needs and then in the way I teach it is put the ideas in idea book so then you yes. can pull from there when the time is right when you want to start something and it makes sense like that kind of thing yeah so, and totally you don't yeah. want to also bombard your team too because if they max out because we want to create we want to make sure we understand their workload <laughs> we understand what they are currently working on because if you put new ideas like something will which which is important like what happens with people who are in the hustle mode, Eugenia, and they get stuck is because they will keep on bringing these new ideas and giving it to their team. And team is like, yes, 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 yes. I'm ready to do it. Yes, they will not say no. They will say yes, yes, yes. And then uh, because they're like, okay, if I have to preserve my job, I have to make sure I do get it done. And then when they're getting this new idea done, they are the, the things which are already working falling apart because those doesn't get done. <laughs> So, yeah, because they're focusing on too many things all at once. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because somebody's spinning them around and that somebody is the CEO. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how CEOs can be, like we can be bottleneck in our own business. Uh -huh. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> is that what you mean by the system-driven culture when uh, we were yes. talking about earlier? Yeah, so I think system-driven culture comes also from my own engineering background mm -hmm. because we worked on projects which are billion-dollar projects like car manufacturing, like any new car model comes out, like Toyota, Hyundai, Subaru. I worked with all of those brands. So um, one of the things is like system-driven is more come from like um, 
lean manufacturing kaizen continuous improvement like you you take small 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 improvement step to make a big change and uh, having that mindset that philosophy ingrained in the culture in the team culture where the ceo each and every team member is like taking ownership of their task their responsibilities and bringing innovation and creativity on how they do things and like uh if there's a complaint or a problem it's not pointing finger to someone it's actually looking at it from a system point of view like mm-hmm. what is the system that is missing like let's say if someone did not send an email to someone like like a like a let's say a client send you a query like mm-hmm. query a question and um you respond it in a way which is different to what is aligned with the core values or the brand wise then uh we might say oh this person who is replying back is not a person we should keep because they like it came back to like not aligning with our brand voice and they said something which is not aligned to our brand and this is not how we work and i have seen my ceos like um a ceo like i went went in as their director of operations and i went the same day and same day she fired someone and i came to know and it was all emotional based firing mm-hmm. right away because she posted something without the ceo's approval and it was all comes down to ethics and she emotionally fired her from the business but then uh, it came back to like they did not have a, even like a document with all the canned response if someone says something how do you respond in the brand voice and get the ceo's approval the ceo has to create that response one time but it's a documented response mm-hmm. right you know so then oh. there's something to follow Mm-hmm. Yeah so there's like we we will always have like short term countermeasure for the problems which come in our day to day which is good we need to like make sure our clients get answered in 24 hours with all whatever, whatever is their problem but we also have to think about how to make sure it doesn't happen in future and that that's where the system driven preventive action comes in you put something like documented so this will not happen again because the team member will have a support system a resource to refer to Mhm and they would know exactly what to do so that it is on brand and that it follows yeah. the ethics Yeah and even the if the team member leaves you have this document to hard hand over to the next person rather mm-hmm. than creating it again right so exactly. i think uh, i go back to that franchise like when you buy a franchise you get their sop their system their instructions so that's how you want your business to be built like it's all system driven everyone from ceo to team members everyone like one of the things i do when i go to my clients business one of the things is i create their sop library a standard operating procedure library and i have each and every person write down their roles and responsibilities because sometimes our responsibilities are like all the different departments so we need to really understand which what our each of the team member are good at and then have them start creating this work instruction so that if some complaints or mistakes happen you can go back to your work instruction and tweak it it's always small tweaks which will help you to scale your business Oh, this is great. And you have a free gift for us that is also about scaling the business. So, can you explain a little bit what it is and we will put the link in um show notes? There are two things. I have two things for free. Uh one is to like really understand uh how to take each and every task you're doing as a CEO and what are the pieces you can delegate, which are the pieces you can delete. There are some pieces you can automate in your business, right? Rather than manually sending a proposal, you can have a a uh, proposal software like pandadoc which was automatically send them the proposal and they have to just sign it and 
that will activate um, integration, which will send them an invoice. So it's all automated, like rather than doing the 12 steps of like manually back and forth communication, you just have a fully automated two-step process. So I do have like a workbook for you to navigate it so that it will help you to take inventory of all the things you are doing and identify what are the systems and processes you need and uh, understanding what you can delegate, automate or delete from your business. Another free gift is uh, I do this monthly free workshop. It's a five days challenge and it will actually help you to implement four days work week and scale your dream team. And uh, I talk about my LSC rule of scaling, which is I focus on three different pillars and mm-hmm. it's like a pillars of a house. <laughs> so we have foundation. We talk about business foundation on which your house is like, structurally built so that you have a strong foundation so that you don't start from ground zero always and then um, so you have uh, we talk about energetic leadership there and then we talk about your standard operating procedure and then we talk about three different pillars one pillar is system driven culture which is like a a culture of positive contagious team members bringing their a game and they're all energetically like aligned to grow with the business second is all the business foundation and third is your client automate automation systems or client systems or external system which is client facing so those are the pillars and when you have all the pieces of the house together the foundation the pillars then you have a business which is sustainable predictable and strong. Thank you so much for laying it all out so logically. Like you can see how this comes out of this and this is needed because of that. That is really necessary, I think, in scaling to create that ease. So thank you so much, Priyanka, for being here and sharing your wisdom. Thank you for being an amazing host. And um, thank you for having me on show, Eugenia. But I want to say like one thing will be to like always show up in your business, always show up in your life to like go from that servant heart and like, um, and also like being super intentional of the next action you will take because it normally takes six months to see the results of your seeds, which you sow right now. So have that patience and still show up strongly in your business. We don't quit. We are persistent and we are here to change the culture in the world. Oh, thank you so much, Priyanka. It was such a joy chatting with you. Thank you so much, Irina, for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Conscious Coaches on a Mission. If you are a successful coach, mentor, or a healer who would like to be a guest on my podcast, please visit transcensiongate.com slash podcast. Are you the type of person who loves to help? If you got something out of this interview, I would love you to share this episode on a social media. Just take a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Would love for you to shout us out on Facebook and Instagram at Eugenia Oganova. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on a social media and let them know about the show. And please include the hashtag Conscious Coaches on a Mission. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. I'm regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and the guests. It means a lot. Want to know more? Go to my website, transcensiongate.com, to advance your consciousness and scale your business in a sustainable way using wealth energetics and soul design. And join my Facebook group, 
called High Ticket Clients Energetics for Spiritual Coaches. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll see you next time.